Hey, uh, sorry everybody. Something happened in the other room and I could not get it restarted. Um, hey people. Um, yeah, Andrew, feel free to jump back into the queue. Sorry about that. Uh, queue's gonna rejoin us. Yeah, so basically what happened is uh, on the screen, a pop-up for a room that Brianna Joy Gray was starting popped up on my screen right when my thumb was touching the screen. So because the pop-up for the other room uh, popped up on my screen right while I was tapping away a notification, I ended up entering that other call-in room and it closed the room that I was in. I could not get back into it. So I figured it was easier to just make a whole new whole new room instead of keeping people waiting. So yeah, sorry about that. That was uh, pretty pretty annoying. Andrew, you were in the middle of making a point about um, uh, how do you keep from being a bad faith something or other when it comes to when it comes to um, saying that trans trans people actually need um, protection while you're still trying to critique um, and you were talking about Freddie Freddie DeBoer's point and yeah if you don't mind just backing up and retracting the whole question. Sure. Yeah. Also, I just will say the, all the buttons on calling are really close together and the pop-ups can be a lot. I've definitely done that a couple of times where like, I'll almost like end a show or call into another one just randomly. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to like fix that because pop-ups in general just are always in the same place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, someone said, uh, the woke secret police strike again, uh, spike the feet as soon as they heard Freddie DeBoer. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're something that's happened to me before, but it usually lets you just, at least for a little grace period, just hop back into the room and resume it. Like I've been kicked out before, but that was the first time the room just looked great out for me and it would not let me, uh, restart the room, uh, at, a, at all. But, uh, yeah so again brutal uh, so, yeah yeah yeah. Very, very brutal i hope we can still fish i'm sure we can still fish out that episode that would suck if we lost it because uh you know what it was we had the they one usually they keep it as a draft which is nice because my sometimes yeah. i fuck up what were you saying though oh, oh no i was saying i i think we had uh a concrete example that good faith discourse is possible online and just couldn't allow that to exist they had to to tank it it would just change the whole principle of the internet and social media to let that out into the ether. <laughs> yeah, it's an anti-humid agenda for sure. <laughs> he's he's too wholesome. <laughs> uh, um, oh yeah, so, so, so please, please repeat the question. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I always go on talking too long too, so I'll try and keep it uh, just concise. But I, what I'm wondering is um, your thoughts on how to how to like craft rhetoric in a better, in a better way in general, this is something that has come up on like a few other rooms on Colin that I've been in recently. And also, um, it seems, you know, it seems like something, something that we should be more preemptive or effective with. And so I was thinking like, there is a real concern that if there was a sort of like really, um, really hard push to the left for, in the, in the policy of the U S um, I think some people would be legitimately worried that it would end up like the new deal where it kind of to, to kind of assuage the, the sort of like the, the fault lines in Congress at the time, just cut out most of black America from 
protections under the new deal. And then the coalition very quickly fell apart and there was no one like in government to push it. And so what, what it was, uh, in, in, people look back on it like really fondly, which I think is warranted. It, it was a good example of, you know, a sort of left ish government program that delivered for people, but it didn't deliver for everybody. So like in the spirit of taking some good faith critiques, uh, in, in from a woke direction seriously like how to how to craft rhetoric that isn't just going to immediately um make it impossible for any like independents or kind of libertarians to even hear you and sometimes my my approach is like just kind of take actually like the sort of libertarian framing about this shit like because there's a real attack on trans people and and you know all you know, all marginalized I, people in the U.S. I think, and so, I, I think a big go problem. Ahead, sorry. I, I think a big problem, right, is that it's kind of a reinforcing loop, or um, or that it's kind of a what am I reinforcing loop or a self or self perpetuating problem is. You said something very key. You said how do you respond to good faith critiques and whatever, but the problem is the good faith critiques will let you respond like they will if someone is making a good faith critique um they will first off not do a straw man of what you're um saying and if they do accidentally uh do a straw man because they sincerely misinterpreted what you were trying to say or accuse you of you know dismissing real um real issues they will give you the opportunity to uh self-correct so i feel like the problem is with the people who are good faith you don't have to craft your message perfectly all the time there's a conversation there's a give and take there is a um dialectic so to speak there's this um ability to have a conversation and everybody kind of adjust accordingly and then maybe if you didn't phrase perfectly the first time they will allow you some grace and then the next time you might phrase it um better and everybody comes out um you know the the better for it uh so it's it, it's tricky in that the people who um are good faith you don't need to have a perfect message for them but for the people who are bad faith no matter how well you craft the message they're going to find a way to get a bad message out of it. And that's kind of, you know, what you even saw happen with uh, Sam's article where uh, he was clearly almost torturously trying to um, make, make his uh, thing as straw man proof as possible. And then, you know, it just didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. People were just like people just took a challenge accepted. Like, oh, oh, oh this is a challenge. They <laughs> just rubbed their hands. Like, uh, uh, oh, 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 this is this is level twelve of the game. This is the final boss. Uh, I'll find a way to defeat this. So, I mean, I I say this from experience because I tried really hard. Um, like 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 with the uh, Dave Chappelle episode of Bad Faith. Um, I. When I played it back, I didn't like it because I had so many disclaimers. I was trying to dot every I, cross every T, you know, to make sure that I was not saying that uh, trans people didn't deserve protections or that I was saying that Dave Chappelle was faultless. But, you know, I was just kind of trying to show 
some of the bad faith arguments that I didn't like that were being introduced into the thing. And, you know, it didn't matter for like a week. I was just called um, a raging transphobe. Um, and I was like, so I just basically um, ruined how I was speaking with so many disclaimers and, and prefaces and whatever. So then the people who um, agree with what I was saying were like, damn, bro, like what's all the disclaimers? And then the people that I was doing the disclaimers for didn't care anyway. So I was like, what was the point of uh, all, all that I did? I wish I had a better answer for you. I wish I could tell you some great rule of thumb to um, whatever. But all I could tell you is just do your best when you get when you recognize that good faith critique coming. Um, that person will show you the grace and the patience to let you self-correct. And for the people who won't, uh, there was nothing you could have crafted anyway that would have let them uh, be happy. Like if someone's intent on misinterpreting you you really um can't do anything about it in, in, in fact they'll almost get mad the harder you try uh it's, it's a it's a weird thing but that's kind of happened to me where they'll, they'll get mad that i'm trying to make it too hard for them to um straw man me it's a bizarre thing i think that's a i i kind of think that's like a worthwhile um place to go sometimes though like it can be super exhausting so i definitely am not saying like you have to always you know show show like a good face to to these people that are clearly trying to paint you a certain way either because it's kind of like gratifying to them to be in this weird conflict conflict or whether they're like brooklyn dad defiant and are getting a fucking paycheck from some dnc think tank or whatever uh, but I do think the, I guess my problem is that usually when I'm doing that, it's like way down in the fucking Twitter thread or wherever, and nobody's ever going to see it. Maybe like two people see it, but I guess, um, I guess I'll just say thanks for, for you to you for doing that. Cause you actually have an audience. And I do think that that kind of, I think it ends up looking way worse for the person trying to be, uh, take, trying to take shots the whole time. Um, and I'll also just say that that episode that you did on Bree's podcast was great. I, I do. I remember that one fairly well still. Um, but yeah, I'll make room. I saw, uh, Rennie was ahead of me like way earlier in the first call anyway. So I'll, I'll keep, I'll, I'll cut it there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank, thanks so much. And, uh, I'll just move on, move on to Rennie. Hey, how's it going? Yo, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing much, man. It was a pleasure when uh, you joined uh, the queue. Yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, do you feel do you feel less triggered? That uh, anybody cash after you? Is everything okay? You know, I, I was gonna say something to Q earlier. You know, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed when you uh, it, it was funny because when you uh, when you apologized to uh, Umit for um, uh, for I guess just assuming. Uh, that it was going to be bad faith or whatever the case, whatever happened. Um, I was going to say I was owed an apology by Q because, you know, he just assumed that I was, <laughs> that I was, <laughs> I was just going to troll y'all. But um, I think, I think the conversation has been great because I did happen to um, read the article and I thought like, I, I really thought the claim about um, wokeness being tethered towards uh, this, um, intuitive, uh, like this assumed intuitive, axiomatic, self-evident, uh, you know, way of understanding oppression. And 
like, because to me, my definition of wokeness is very similar. Like, I define it uh, along the lines of, like, basically, like, a superficial performing of, like, certain issues um, that become extremely reductive because a lot of the people who often perform this wokeness don't actually have the range themselves to um, to get at the core of these issues. So they sort of perform a kind of, uh, they perform a kind of woke, um, like, uh, like they perform like a kind of like antagonization towards people because they don't really, they really can't get at the core issue. Um, and this is, Oh, oh wait, uh, you you broke up, but I don't know if it's just for Sample. me or for everybody. You said what? Oh, okay, uh, no, you broke up for me, but I don't know if it was just for me or for for everyone this... else. But oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. If we backtrack like a sentence or two, just in case it was for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying, like, for me, um, wokeness um, sort of like conjures up like a, a superficial uh, understanding of a like uh, of terms because the people using these terms often um, don't have the range to engage them at the real core of the issue. So what they sort of do is fiend a kind of like performative anger at people who don't understand these terms. Um, when in reality, that performed anger is just like a um, placeholder for them being, um, for them not actually having a range. And this is why for me, honestly, there's like a reduction of, of like these terms in general. So like, for example, you could perform wokeness even around racism. And and the reason why you can do that, especially as it pertains to like, um, even when it comes to like white people, like you could perform a kind of like uh, woke racism um, as it pertains to different groups um, because you don't actually know what that means. Like you don't know how racism actually functions in society. And oftentimes, you know, as you said earlier, like when you get these people who actually ask um, instructive questions, a lot of the times people don't even, you know what I'm saying? They'll just be like, well, I'm not going to, you got to pay me for this information or something like that. Or like, you got to cash at me. And like, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that did you hear me? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, told, I, told, I totally heard you. And yeah. I actually forgot that example. That's the other thing they do. In addition to uh, saying Google's not free, you also say, if I'm going to yeah. answer that point, uh, like, like there are fine lecturing you up until now but once you ask the tough questions suddenly it's like oh you have to pay to get to the next level it's like a freemium right. mobile game one of those freemium mobile games or an app like okay um you, you hit the you hit the free point of the app uh you got to pay to uh, get these extra features which is a uh, a response to your objection yeah it's and ridiculous. it's like i think a lot of it just comes from the fact that people don't actually know about these things in themselves and that's and that's one of the reasons why you often get this idea that like all these systems of oppression are really are, are just really the same like for example i don't think anyone would disagree amongst at least ourselves that um homophobia transphobia racism sexism misogyny are all systems of oppression that need to be addressed and that need to be you know and, and the people most harmed by those oppressions need to be liberated um, from those said oppressions. However, what people often do in this woke culture is they pretend that all of these systems of oppression function in a very similar way. And so oftentimes you'll get, you'll get these arguments um, like, so if someone doesn't understand, you know, pronouns or 
if someone doesn't understand, you know, a certain kind of, uh, you know, transgression, oftentimes people will use one of the ways in which you're harmed to say, how don't you understand this? Aren't you black? Like, this is basically that, but for black people, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, or oh, yeah. Basically. And yeah. so, and the reason why they're able to do that is because they don't really understand the function of each of these oppressions. So, for example, a lot of people will just say, well, like, people will try to make it seem like racism and sexism function the same. Like, um, when, when that's, like, very, very far from the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like, even though they're both systems of oppression that directly harm different groups, there's really no, like, more or less in it. They function totally different and they develop extremely different. You know what I'm saying? So, like, racism, for the most part, is a genocidal logic. It's, it's, it's primary purpose is colonial and limited, limiting the population numbers of an ethnic or, or racial group, right? Where sexism is going to, is going to uh, be oppressive through reproductive rights, through Um, lost your audio for a second, but I heard sexism, on the other hand, be, um, uh, attack of reproductive rights, and I lost your reproductive rights. So, oh, so, yeah, yeah, so, so where sexism... You, yeah, you, go ahead. Yeah, so where sexism is really going to hone in on, um, limiting the reproductive and bodily autonomy of women, um, you know, through practices like, um, um, you know, like, taking away, um, abortion rights and, and, and stuff like that. So, like, it's really going to try to so at, at the very at the very base of it, these systems of oppression function very different. But what people tend to do is they um, reduce them and make them appear like they're similar. And so when people actually ask very real questions about these things, people try to make it seem like, well, how don't you know this, um, you know, in their way of being woke, um, because this is basically that. And, you know, and they try to make it seem like these things are like comparable in some way when actually they function extremely different. And so, uh, I yeah. Th I think something that you just described, one of the problems is that um, something that we're treating as, and I used to get into this problem when I argue with people like this, something that we're treating as a bug, like, oh, you don't actually understand this. You're misinterpreting it or whatever. I started realizing it's kind of like a feature, as in, uh, it took me a while to get this, but I was like, okay, for some people, uh, for this bad version of woke, um, there's they don't actually want to get it right. They want to get other people to submit and be considered an authority. Uh, they it, it it's a it's a will to power in a way. It's this idea like I want to use this. Uh, it's a there's between an advocate and um, a, a scientist. Like 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 an advocate is trying to win an argument like 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 a lawyer is an is an advocate you know so like you give the lawyer okay your position is um x person is guilty and the other lawyer is your position is x person is innocent so if the other person makes a good point you're a bad lawyer slash advocate if you're like well actually um he made a pretty good point uh so actually what i was gonna say uh forget it uh even though i'm the prosecution I want to say this person, like to be a good lawyer, you're supposed to advance that point as that position as much as you can, you know, but if you're like a truth finder, like a scientist, like, you know, you're contingent on getting things right. Like, you know, if, if you're a scientist and you think, Hey, I have to advocate that 
um, the formula is this and not that at any cost, whether it's true or not. That's my job as a scientist to push the position. So if you win that position, but you're wrong, something might blow up or somebody might die. You might create a defective product. So you kind of have to, as a truth finder, um, accept correction when you're wrong because you don't actually want to put bad data out there. You don't want defective things made. You don't want um, the shielding on a rocket not to work because you were insistent on making sure that your theory uh, won then the the astronaut uh, gets incinerated inside the thing because um, you were so insistent on making sure that your concept of the rocket shielding uh, went through. And I think that, I think, once you realize that's the goal, then the second problem becomes the landmines or the having you mess up and all this stuff, it becomes actually a goal as in like, um, mm -hmm. if I can get you to trip up, I can use the act. I can use the catching of you in a mistake. To, exactly. To, to win. Because, you know, right. for, 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 for like a lawyer, you love when the other side makes a mistake because now okay. it's like I can uh, pounce on it. So I think that they almost yeah. want you, like, in a way, the fact that it's yeah. counterintuitive, See, but they act like it's obvious is a exactly. way to kind of put you put you in a double bind. And that was my and that was like one of that's one of the things that I uh, that I appreciated about the. Um, the piece as well, and I think y'all brought it up earlier, it's the fact that there's, in this woke culture, and I think you pointed this out really succinctly, is in a woke culture, there's really uh, You broke up for a second. Oh, wait, I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I just put you in the speaker box. I don't know what happened, but for some reason you uh, disappeared ready. Uh, I heard you say in the woke culture, and then I couldn't hear you anymore. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, the last thing I heard was in the woke culture, and then I couldn't hear you anymore. And then you disappeared. Is everything uh, working, Rennie? I don't know if you have any tech. Okay, I hear you. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay, okay cool. good. Yeah, so all I was saying is, like, in this woke culture, there's really no incentivization of, like, um, there's no incentivizing of actually, like, curing the problem or coming up with solutions for the problem. Because what ends up happening is you, um, because you're opportunists, because you're opportunists, um, people realize, you yourself start to realize that um, you can win points or you can like garner funds by having a coalition of people who are against what you're arguing. So like, it's sort of like this facetious and fictitive posturing that you have to perform because you can only be in your position as long as there are people opposed to you. So you have to create people that are opposed to you. You can't actually solve yep. the solution, you know? So yep. you, to, you, 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 you don't to wanna correct any. people Oh, oh yeah, 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 totally. You kind of want them to get it. I think they want one of two options. These are the only two options that get allowed. Unquestioning um, deference. So I understand, but I agree. Or they want uh, you to make a mistake so then they can make an example out of you and, and, and bully you. But even then, the ultimate goal is still like, you know, deference. They kind of create a trap for you to get wrong so then they can... Um, attack and punish you but the worst thing 
for them is the worst of both worlds. You disagree, but you're not going to just automatically defer. You will actually um, push back as a truth finder and and uh, try to get to the truth of the matter. That's the one thing that that, that they can't have. They can have um, you know someone who makes a mistake, but that they can browbeat and punish and and accuse of you know whatever until they say because a, a lot of these allies do that like oh sorry so, sorry i'm gonna do better i'm gonna i'm gonna try to learn i'm gonna um um uh read these books you know uh sorry about that i, I was out of turn like like like, like they love that agreement yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they, they love that but sure. i'm uh i'm gonna let um someone else speak uh appreciate the topic um because uh yeah definitely a good one yeah, definitely appreciate you, bro. Uh, th thanks right. for coming through as usual. No problem. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Derek? Too bad. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I have to say, uh, I haven't read the uh, article that's being referred to, and I haven't checked out the references that uh, Andrew brought up. Uh, so my bad. Uh, feel free to put me in my place at any point. <laughs> well, if, well, if you cash if you at me for the emotional labor that I have to do from talking to you, it'll all be uh, good. I'll yeah. put it, uh, I'll send it to you later. I'll find out soon enough, right? All right. Um, well, uh, what was I? Sorry. Um, I was going to say that ha more than half the time I, I weigh in on topics that are related to, you know, more progressive sort of ideas concerning politics, uh, the social atmosphere here in the United States. Um, I'm having to sort of dance around uh, the, the damage that has been caused by a lot of people that may or may not have good intentions, questionable intentions. Uh, but their their form of pursuing the 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 same sort of objectives that I am, uh, assuming that they're sincere, uh, leaves like a wake of devastation that is is something that really gets in the way of constructive dialogue. Um, so I what I have been doing forever, I think before wokeness became a term, I don't know how far that goes back. Um, I mean, I use, I tend to use language that's, uh, that separates me from, you know, those people, because those people have been around for a long time too. You know, like if, if, a oh, oh, that's going to get you canceled. Those people, uh, <laughs> a woke person will jump on that. Oh, yeah. But I was about to define. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm just joking. Like I'm an independent. So if, if, if I want to make a point, uh, you know, first of all, it's, it's a good strategy to me to make sure people know I'm an independent so they know I don't have misplaced loyalty to a political party and it interferes with my judgment, the integrity of my own mind, that sort of thing. Um, but as a, as a strategy that's useful and I think just kind of natural to me anyway, I use language that they're familiar with, um, that I'm comfortable with, but also separates me from being confused with Democrats. You know, if I'm trying to convince a Republican or a, another independent or a libertarian, anyone, you know. So like, let's say uh, a Republican is telling me that uh, healthcare for all Americans is a bad idea. You know, 
instead of using arguments that any Democrat might use or some, many, I don't know. Uh, I just want to avoid that entirely and ask, you know, maybe a question that kind of puts them on the, on the backs of their heels. Like, uh, something like, do you, do you consider American lives to be expendable based on how much money they have? You know, kind of, kind of, uh, gear it towards a more patriotic or kind of, you know, uh, flag waving kind of uh, rhetoric so so like obviously so so, so, as in, so as in, just to make sure i understand you're trying to find uh, a way to reframe it in terms of uh, their values is that what yeah. you mean okay yeah. got it sorry i'm not coming across too well this bird is competing with me so um i'm outside you got it but you know like so so i think obviously you can see where i'm going with this uh, most Republicans, most Americans in general, are not going to want to say, not going to want to, you know, just say, yes, I think some American lives are more expendable based on how much money they have, you know. Um, you know, so they'll probably squirm away from that. I've done this many, many times. You know, maybe they'll make, you know, a, a different argument. And I think we should be prepared to, to really, you know, handle those arguments. You know, like it's very common for, people on the right to make constitutional things, constitutional arguments. And I don't come across too many, you know, people that are self-described progressives or leftists uh, making constitutional arguments. I see them running from them. And that's exactly what you don't want. Tell me if this is an example of what you're talking about, about running from constitutional arguments, because this is a point we actually brought up on the episode of Champagne Sharks that is coming out this week, where I was talking about one of the big problems I had with the whole um, Roe versus Wade backlash and the going to uh, Kavanaugh's house to protest was that a lot of people were protesting to Kavanaugh and the people in terms of a moral reason as in what you did was wrong. It was uh, emotionally and morally disaffirming and invalidating to me. It um, leads to a bad result because more people are going to die. But uh, a lot of them were uh, kind of going to the protests and doing it for catharsis. They weren't, you know, making in constitutional argument or whatever. It was just we're going to sway you by showing you that um, this is bad. But the point of the Supreme Court is to um, judge what something is constitutional and if it fits within the law and the actual argument, which either a lot of people didn't know and understand or just didn't care because they just wanted to focus on uh, the morality of it or whether it's going to help women or not. Like, it's not about whether this makes women's uh, lives easier uh, in the mind, in theory, of a Supreme Court justice. It's whether this was decided in um, uh, a good faith way or not. And their argument was that the right to privacy is just this kind of sophistic, um, um, disingenuous uh, legal legal creation that was just um, used to just shoehorn in that uh, things that uh, the Constitution can't can't do not saying you have to agree with it or disagree with it but at least you have to on some level attack uh 
the arguments on constitutional level to um, have a hope of, you know, swaying it on the Supreme Court Supreme Court level. Um, would that be an example of what you mean by like the left running a lot of times from constitutional um, arguments? Oh, damn. Lost them. Hold on. Uh, let me put them back in the queue. Thanks. Uh, I don't know if that was yeah. my fault. Um, no, no problem. Um, yeah, that sounds like a, a decent example. You know, like with the uh, with the healthcare for all Americans, like let's say you're, you're a lawyer. I think this the language I'm about to throw out might uh, be familiar with, uh, to you. Um, just because I cracked the book and now I think I'm smart. Um, but if let's say somebody on on the right is is uh, making one of those constitutional arguments against healthcare, um, you know, you could say, you know, um, something maybe like uh, healthcare for all Americans is in substantive consonance with our constitutional mandate to provide for the common defense and promote the general welfare. You know, and and you may or may not um, win the argument, but they're not going to win the argument after that. You know what I mean? Like they're they've just been put in their place 99 times out of 100. They're afraid to talk about any kind of constitutional argument at that point because, you know, the Fox TV personality book that they're basing their constitutional arguments on is obviously inadequate. You know, um, at least in their Derek, I understand what you're saying, but the question I have for you, just to make sure I understand mm -hmm. the broader context, are you saying that these superior methods of argumentation are better ways for us good faith progressives to deal with uh, these bad faith woke game players? Or are you saying that this good faith form of mm -hmm. argumentation is a better way a better alternative to deal with the right than what this current crop of woke people are doing. So, so basically, are you talking about this as a better way for us to deal with uh, bad faith woke people kind of ruining discourse on the left? Or are you trying to um, describe this as a better alternative to the woke people for dealing with uh, right wingers? I hope my question uh, makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Um... Yeah, I'm recommending an alternative method for people that are interested in becoming more influential and, uh, you know, persuasive with people that need to be. So, 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 no, so, so whether, whether it's a, a bad faith woke person or the person on the right, you just kind of trying to say a broad rule of thumb for just dealing with either one of them. Yeah, sure. But I, I really am Got thinking it. of. Uh, confronting Republicans and libertarians and other independents. Because, I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, I try to get through to Democrats and uh, they're impenetrable. They are impervious to reason or, you know, decency at this point. They are so convinced that they are good. Yeah. Now, that there is no way to get through, whereas I can get through to just about everybody else. The reason, the reason I asked the question I did is that I think what you said is very true but one of the big problems is um the goals are different what i mean is um you're speaking as somebody who wants to get uh, shit done the the person the um uh, fake woke person the person that's kind of uh 
the pejorative stereotype of the online woke person doesn't actually want to get done. They have an incentive to keep things broken. They just want to be the appointed go-to person. I want to be the representative slash manager of this group, the one that you have to go through to uh, like um, everything you do is going to be wrong. No matter how you try to placate me, I'm going to find some obscure um, rule of order in, in terms of social justice terms that you violated. And you need to right. keep me around to be your conscience, to be your um, to be your uh, queer whisperer or your black people whisperer or your uh, queer black woman whisperer or your disabled whisperer. So yeah, I totally agree with you that what you're describing is a far superior um, version of discourse. But like, for example, in uh, in the chat, uh, Biomed uh, 101 was asking if what I described about advocates versus truth tellers is competition versus learning. And I uh, highly salute that. That's actually uh, better than what I was saying. And I wish I added that at the end of it. But uh, these people are doing discourse to um, compete and kind of grab social capital, which they hope will lead to economic capital. And what you're describing is someone who's actually trying to learn, teach, and and solve things. So, um, yeah, well, I, totally, I totally agree with you. I'm trying to convert. You know, I'm I'm downright trying to convert because I'm oh, good wow, at it. Okay. Anyways, you know, I'm I'm turning Republicans into progressives. I'm turning progressives into serious progressives. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm turning independents that lean to the right to independents that lean uh, more to the towards the middle, at least. You know, or at least uh, kind of prepare the way for uh, you know the future arguments that are yet to come. Uh, plant seeds, that sort of thing. But like, if if I bring up a different argument, let's say, or a different example, uh, like the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, so you've got all kinds of uh, well-intentioned people, people with honorable intentions, saying Black Lives Matter. I'm with them. I said it plenty. Um, and you know, we were all confronted with everybody that recognizes that. We were all confronted with a sea of of people that were saying all lives matter or they sympathized with those sentiments. And I kept seeing people automatically assume the worst about those people. I, I don't blame them. Um, the motivations behind saying something like that are uh, something that should be rooted out um, on an individual basis, I believe. Because, you know, a lot of people are in a bubble. A lot of people are unfamiliar with what's going on in other parts of the country or in other parts of the world. You know, the, the, their thought process is, is, is different. It's not even necessarily worse or, or limited. You know, it's just, it's different. You, you broke up and disappeared for a second, but, um, I'm actually, I didn't, uh, kick you out. I don't know where you, where you went, but, what I will um, answer is this. Um, I'm actually just going to get to Jay after I say this because I actually want to um, wrap up wrap up soon. What you're saying was great. I think what you're saying is pretty good, but I think kind of the problem, I think this is a problem that we have to get to before we get to that problem is uh, before we get to how can we engage and convert the right, I think we have to get to the question of 
how can we become the people in charge who are going to be the ones who meet with and engage the right? Because I think something that's kind of happened is um, from 2014 to 2020, this type of person, this type of uh, bad faith person trying to grab uh, social capital power and try to be, try to get book deals and uh, try to be like this authority on wokeness that just chastises people and um, you know does all this stuff. They've kind of made themselves the moral authority in the room. It's been kind of like the inmates um, running the asylum. So it's like uh, they're the ones that get invited onto cable news shows and all these different places. They're the ones who are. Um, writing all the articles uh, after George Floyd. They're the ones who get invited onto the shows and hijack the message from what can be done to eliminate this to how do we get uh, black celebrities more Oscars and how do we get more donations to BLM? They're the ones who are always diverting and changing the energy and distracting and uh, dissipating stuff and demoralizing people. So yeah. and. I think before we even get to how are we going to reach the other side, we have to figure um, how are we going to convert the other side? I think we have to figure out how do we even get to be the ones in charge of talking to the other side? That's my personal um, kind of dilemma right now. Like I'm personally of the feeling that there's going to have to be some kind of civil war on our side to kind of see who's in charge of this whole uh, shebang on what you want to call the progressive side, the left side, the radical side, the left of center side, whatever, before we can even um, get there. And I think that's kind of what Sam Adler Bell was kind of trying to talk about. Like, how do we get our our own house in order before we uh, engage another another house? But yeah, um, thank you, Derek. Uh, I'm gonna think Jay is the last call. And sorry, everybody, for the um, technical difficulties. I'm going to talk to Colin to make sure that um, that doesn't happen in the future, that they don't let these pop-ups pop up on the screen and allow rooms to get kind of nuked by accident. So yeah, Jay, feel free to um, unmute. You're going to be the last person. Thanks for joining us. Yo, peace, man. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, peace, man. Glad, you, glad you're uh, joining us today. Right, right. How you feeling? Um, pretty, pretty good, pretty good. I mean, so so far it's been a pretty good, pretty good episode. It's been a very productive. I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad we've had these conversations for a couple times in a row, and we've been very low on people. Uh, knock on wood. I mm-hmm. hope you continue this trend of you know people coming in <laughs> saying stuff about snowflakes. Uh, millennials are fragile and get off my lawn. It's, I think it's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tough, tough but fair discourse. Word, word. So, um, in the article, uh, Sam Bell he made like a really important point how like a uh, like woke started off as like an in group like black term they got like co opted into like this like pejorative term, and like it's it's crazy because it's like like it started off that woke was like you know you do it's like fresh out of prison who like read like William Cooper, Behold the Pale Horse. And you want to talk about aliens now? You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about Operation Yeah, Pale yeah, for real. Yeah. I can tell you know your stuff because like, William Cooper is a deep cut. <laughs> uh, uh, where are you, where, where, where yeah. are you from? Are you from the East Coast? Are you from the East Coast? 
Nah, man. I'm uh, from California and Tennessee. Uh, bounced uh, around a lot. Oh, were you were you in the Bay? Nah. So actually, like uh, the book was recommended to me uh, from one of my OGs from like Detroit, who was like really deep into that type of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because that's that's a deep that's a deep cut. I haven't heard that in a while. I used to be one of those dudes <laughs> that used to. Hell yeah, book. man. Go ahead, keep going. But yeah, but like now, like woke means like you're like a dominatrix who makes her like clients like read bell hooks and shit like that, or like you like beg at MSNBC for a job, and like it, it doesn't like nothing correlates for real. Now it's just like you're, you're begging CIA to like be more diverse. Uh, oh, oh yeah, and people you know, in the like audience, actual, like, he's like he, he's not making up the dominatrix thing. That is uh, a real person. <laughs> uh, mm, R.I.P. 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 She died, uh, but. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was uh, that, that, that was a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's really crazy how like you know like people who actually fit the description of like the original like version of woke have like the average person who like says that word like has like so much like disdain for them. You know what I'm saying? Like they would be seen as like unintelligent and like not well read and whatever, whatever. Uh, uh, that's interesting. Somebody made this point to me because i was making a point very similar to what you said with what you said and one of and one of my one of my um old friends said to me he's like uh t let's be honest like you're right that they've butchered things like woke and hotep and that they were uh positive things but uh he was like you gotta be honest it was positive and it was with love but we also used to kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of make fun of them uh too like, <laughs> like the um like 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 the living color skit. Remember Oswald Bates and the guy mm. who reads in prison uh, that Damon Wayans uh, plays? He's just using the words. But, but yeah, yeah. even even the tongue in cheek like bashing we used to do was still ultimately from a place of love. Like you know what I mean? Like right, like, uh, right. Like it wasn't it wasn't a hundred percent positive. Like you liked woke people, you liked hotel people, but you could also kind of see their occasional excesses, and they weren't above getting uh ribbed and mocked but they weren't demonized either they weren't you know like, mm-hmm. like what we have what we what we have now but uh i, I just want to uh correct because when he said it i was like yeah, yeah you're right it wasn't 100 percent uh love but even the shit we used to give people like that and i used to get some crazy stuff and some of my friends would be like oh come on that doesn't make any sense <laughs> like i used to believe every conspiracy that you know uh uh, Marlboro is made by the KKK and the and the different right. there's three red K's on it. And my friends like, okay, uh, you got to put on the pipe. You're going too, you're going too far, you know. But you got to go it, for it that. Was, it was all, it was all. It's a Yeah, it was, it was all love. Yeah, it was all love, even when it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But my yeah. Thoughts, please continue. And, like, it's funny because, like, you know, no disrespect to him. Like, I love him. But, like, Jesus is, like, partially responsible for this, like, current culture. Just, like, taking a whole bunch of just, like, like counterculture, like, obscure, like, black phrases and just kind of, like, making a career out of explaining it to white people. Like, he kind of, like, started off, like, uh, doing, like, a lot of shit posting on the... Uh, uh, the Roots website, Okay Player, and like that became like a very huge joke, like uh, like stay woke, whatever, da da da. But like like you said, it's still like kind of like love to it. But then it kind of like you know transitioned to be like a whole like you know let's let's bring a whole bunch of like you know uh, random white people like you know Chris Hayes and Anna Kendrick to like you know talk about like bodegas and shit and like oh yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, like it's no longer a joke yeah. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like uh, I don't have... I'm not that crazy about them, to be honest, because um, I don't like that they, they do that. They bring Pete Buttigieg to, like, um, Central what? Park to drink from a brown bag. And and and, and, and they uh, they gave they gave uh, Andrew Jesus Ken- Anna Kendrick, this white girl, a, a money phone, and they made her pose with a shearling. And it's like you guys are kind of like doing like a Bronx uptown almost almost um, minstrel show. Like like like, like you just right. kind of bringing in these white people to and and I um uh, made a term. It's still like a work in progress. I don't know if there's a better term out there, but I was like. A lot of us talk about cultural appropriation, where white people come into uh, some other culture and then uh, kind of adopt or take the culture. But there's a whole industry that's popped up around like the opposite process, where it's like um, instead of you being the white person who comes in and takes the culture, I'm going to be the person that sells the culture to you, you know, you know, it, 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 it's kind of like, um, I'm going to be like, be like the, the drug dealer. I'm going to be like, if there's a culture vulture, then there's a culture peddler, you know what I mean? And if there's cultural appropriation, I was saying like, we should call this like cultural prostitution. Like for a fee, I'm going to, um, give, give you the culture. Like, like no one's gonna say you appropriated it because you can point to me and say that I, uh, sold it to you. Like, I even think things like, uh, Pharrell and Timberland um, uh, helping Justin Timberlake rebrand his uh, goofy boy band image and making him a uh, supposedly credible, um, you know, R&B guy. Like, that's the type of cultural prostitution. They they could have um, gave those beats to, like, some, some struggling black artist who actually was uh, better. Like, have you seen that, that Twitter meme that was going around of Justin Timberlake dancing. He was on TikTok too. And everyone danced. Everyone was bashing him saying, uh, oh, he lost his step. He looks like a dad now. And whatever. And it's like, no, he didn't lose anything. The dude always danced like that. He just doesn't have um, people in his corner, you know, helping uh, rehab him. He's, he's like returned to form. He's he's uh, become what he... He's coming out dressed like a um, L.L. Bean... LLB Square guy because that's that's really that's really what what he is. He doesn't have any cultural prostitutes uh, selling him. Mm. Like, like people were putting up clips like, "Oh, Justin Timberlake used to be able to dance. Uh, look at this." And they put a clip. I'm like, he's dancing the same way. He just has a dope a dope outfit. He's slimmer, and there's a bunch of like lights and a booming beat and everything. That's just um, like like black people gave that guy his uh, swag, you know. And I feel like mm. I feel like this is a mirror, a modern version of that. Like I think I think there are talents, particularly Desus. Desus is a good shit poster. He's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, pretty funny. But um, all the white people I've had come to me and just quote Desus and Miro to me because they just think like they got decodering and they're like, uh, "Hey man, uh, do you like chopped cheese?" Like like some some gentrifier coming and saying, "Hey man, I like those chopped cheeses, man. You grew up with chopped cheese, right?" I'm like, dude, I'm from I'm from Queens. We don't we don't have that there. Like like you don't have some kind of magic New York black guy decoder pass because you listen to Beasts uh, and Mirrors. Yeah, but I'm sorry, I just have to I have to vent. Speaking of cultural prostitution, uh, Pharrell the Neptunes need to be held accountable because Michael Jackson called Pharrell and told him, "Look, I need to beat like Super Thug by Nori," 
and he tried to give him a uh, rocker body by Justin Timberlake. He's like, what the hell is this shit? And just imagine what we could have gotten from that. Oh, oh, wow, really? Wait, wait, so, uh, so Michael Jackson passed up uh, Rock Your Body first? Yeah, man. Oh, man. That would have been good. I'll give for all this. Him and Timberland, they are, they are talented. I just feel like they wasted a lot of their best beats on that, on that guy. That guy, I just don't think is that is that great. Like, when I saw him dancing and stuff, I was like, I can't believe people are finally catching on to that this is like who the, the supposed uh, heir to Michael Jackson and the competitor to Usher is. Like, like I don't think Usher is like some, in, some incredible um, newcoming of Michael Jackson, but compared to Justin Timberlake, those two should have never been in the same conversation. I think as a society, we were on something in the 2000s that uh, we have to do penance for. But I'll let you get the I'll let you get the last words, and then uh, I'll let Derek um, resume what he was saying before, since he was uh, kicked out. All right, word. Um, honestly, like the the main point is like there, there needs to be like a, a we need to go back to gatekeeping, like for real, oh, like, hell in yeah. a stronger way. Instead of, like constantly trying to get other people's platforms and trying to like diversify, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? Because um, even with like Drake, like tapping into like uh, house music, you know what I'm saying, and like tapping into Afrobeats, it's like like people need to start like placing boundaries on stuff because it's gonna end up co-opted oh, for, and like, for sure. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say this as a New York dude. I feel like New Yorkers overdid gatekeeping, and and I think it kind of bit us in the butt because so many people from the West Coast and the South they still remember that you're going to message boards. And they're like, you guys deserve the shitty state New York hip hop is in because you guys are always snobs and whatever. And I'm like, you know what? You have about a point. But this new shit we're in where there's no gatekeeping and the culture is just like for sale to the highest bidder, I think is so much worse. Like, I pray like we can find some happy medium where like, you know, it doesn't devolve into like uh, snobbery and hating. But I, I will say... Say what you will about the old way. I agree there was a little bit too much gatekeeping or whatever, but the music and the culture was so much better, not just for the gatekeepers, but for the people who dethroned the gatekeepers. Like it made West Coast people have to do twice as hard and grind twice as hard, you know, because they were facing such gatekeeping. People in the South, you know, were really um, hungry. Like nobody's really hungry for anything now, you know? Everyone is just... um, doing like the lowest effort uh possible yeah and i and i totally uh agree with you a hundred percent well said um i don't know if jay dropped out or it was a technical glitch but i assume he was done so i will let uh derek end and um we'll finish with derek hey okay how's it going derek all right all right uh i don't know Things got cut off. I don't know at what point they got cut off because I was uh, trying to make a point, talking quite a bit. Um, I'll say that's the thing I remember. If that helps, I hope it's the last thing you. I, I think you were um, talking about um, the converting of converting of people and and reaching reaching the other side. And then in my response to you, since you disappeared, I tried to uh, reply to that part by saying that I had 
just in case you missed my reply, I was saying, um, I didn't know what your ultimate point was going to be. So I had to work with what you had set up until that point. But the last thing I responded to was I was saying that I totally agree with everything you said. But I think right now our biggest problem is that um, we're not, we have so many obstacles on our side uh, to keep us from even being the representatives that get to talk to the right, the right because this type of uh, woke kind of um, hustler has been like the default um, go-to person or the conscience of the Democratic Party from like 2014, 2020. Like we've gone all in on on this type of um, wokeness as what was going to redeem the Democratic uh, Party. And I, I was saying that I think what we're going to have to do is kind of have a civil war at some point and get our own house in order and kind of get a better, more representative Democratic Party of people who talk and think like like you do of getting solutions um, before we even get to the point of um, the best way to finally deal with uh, the right. And that was the, the last thing I had said in response to what I heard from you. Okay. Well, what I brought up uh, was another example that I thought was you know, relevance to this, um, overall, uh, I brought up the black lives matter movement and, uh, I was, uh, trying to make the point that's, uh, all kinds of, you know, like everybody that supported black lives matter, um, you know, ha- has honorable intentions. Uh, I assume I do, I support it, you know, um, you know, but, and and the Black Lives Matter organization isn't necessarily, you know, something that I'm interested in even talking about. But every everyday people that support the concept, you know, uh, I think they all have honorable intentions that should be respected, you know. But um, I kept I kept seeing all kinds of, you know, just like everybody, uh, all kinds of people, presumably on the right but whatever, um, saying all lives matter. Right. So, you know, I, I kept seeing these people that were saying all lives matter being lumped into this, you know, uh, sort of group of people that were automatically the enemy. And I, th- I think that was a mistake. It continues to be a mistake. That sort of mentality. Um, you know, I, I definitely understand uh, the idea of being upset with that sort of a response from people because the, the motivations are questionable for sure. Um, and it's a mixed bag out there, but I kept noticing personally that, uh, these people could be reached and it wasn't difficult. Uh, a lot of people that were saying all lives matter, you know, all you had to do was say, listen, you know, black lives matter just means that that agrees with what you're saying you just put the word to too on the end you know that's that's all that's all this is about they're saying that black lives matter as well you know um but it's focused this is focused on police brutality and then you you know you get into the conversations that need to happen at that point when you're not just uh blasting away well well, well i will say this it works with people who are in um good faith like i've seen that actually work like someone actually made um a thread like that 
on Reddit that actually had a lot of people responding. I recall saying, um, Hey, you know, I never had it explained to me like this, uh, before. And a lot of people were sharing it and, and liking it. And I agree it works with that kind of person. The one thing that I'm not hundred percent sure of is what proportion of the all lives matter crowd is that kind of person. So like, I would agree with you, but with the qualifier of you don't want to overinvest and then try to chase, try to spend too much time chasing the ones who are in it for bad faith. And no matter how you explain it, they're always going to find a way to say you're a terroristic um, organization. Because I think we sometimes get two opposite extremes. So people will say everyone who says all lives matter is unreachable and bad faith. And I'm, I'm not going to go down to the level of trying to convert any um, right. white people, then some people who kind of make that the sole purpose of um, anti-racism is to uh, play Captain uh, Saber Racist. So I do agree with your overall point, but I would just add, add the the warning that um, it is the kind of tactic that can end up becoming over-invested in. Sure, sure. And I would probably fully agree uh, to the extent of, yeah, don't even bother because that's not where we need to focus attention on. Uh, if I hadn't seen, uh, this happen over and over and in my personal life, face to face with people, I, I kept noticing when I'd bring up, you know, things like, well, I'd ask them questions, you know, throw out the Socratic method and pretty soon you find out whether or not somebody's motivate, somebody's motivations are rooted in you know, just kind of like being a little bit detached from the the sentiment that is intended or if, or if, uh, you know, they have, they have, uh, motivations that are inconsistent with my belief system, you know? So, I mean, I think, I think one key thing that you're talking to people in person. So that right there, I think cancels out a whole bunch of bad actors because someone takes the time to meet you in person and they're not screaming at like some kind of rally and doing all this stuff, but they're actually having, a serious conversation, you know, that's much better than, you know, the random troll, you know, um, Goku1488 on, you know, uh, in the comment section to a random, you know, Yahoo article. Yeah. So I, so I think like the context definitely, definitely um, does help. Well, yeah, I'm saying it, I kept noticing this uh, in person and online. I mean, I've been all over the place with the, the social network stuff, making these arguments. Um, but even even with the all lives matter crowd that you know in it, it has to be taken on at at the individual basis in order to be effective and convincing in my opinion um you can't look you can't assume the worst um i mean you can but that's i think it's a mistake because it's i i think if you assume the best uh you can get past a lot of bullshit and possibly convert somebody in a really meaningful way, you know. Um, yeah, I think I think it definitely is a worthwhile project. You know, I I just think you know you have to be careful. But one overcommitting, but I do think it's, I think I do I do think trying, even if you try a little too hard, is better than the idea of not trying at all. But uh, something else I think, and this is uh, something I'm curious about your opinion on. I think that is something better suited to. Um, white people and white allies. Like I think that's something that white allies actually I notice have a lot better luck with than um than uh black people a lot of the times. Even though there are some um 
noble exceptions. I just noticed in in general, like, you know, white people a lot of times are the ones related to these people or, you know, um, from these people's communities or with a shared background and culture. And I noticed um, in general, like white people just do seem to have a better track record of reaching um, those more entrenched people than um, a lot of a lot of black people do. And I was wondering if that's been your experience or what you think about uh, that. Um, well, I, I mean, I could see why anybody would make that assumption. I would I would say that uh, I agree, um, but I don't I don't think it's as dramatic or significant as what I think many people would assume. Uh, a lot of these interactions were toxic and caustic and they went nowhere fast. And in the process, you know, you got to see just how mean spirited people on both sides could be, you know. Um, so the, the impression is, oh, these motherfuckers can't be reached kind of shit. You need to stop fucking bothering. But, you know, like I, I was, uh, struck by how common it was for these people, uh, these people, all, all lives matter people. I was struck by how easy, or sorry, I was struck by how much they actually do believe are on the side of the Black Lives Matter people. You know, like if you would ask them, uh, do you think the militarization of our civilian police forces is a problem? You know, they would more often than not say yes. Even if they started out with a defensive posture, you know, because they're used to being smacked around, um, you know, they, they you know, squeeze it out of them, but they'd eventually come to that, you know, conclusion. If you, if you'd ask them if, uh, if they thought the private prison industry was a bad idea. You know, you could, you could, you know, it was a little more half and half at that point, but you could reach a lot of people that way. They would, they would be like, you know, no, I don't think prison should be operating as a business that creates a, an incentive. You could win the arguments, even if they didn't, you know, come to the right conclusion right away. Um, okay. and it was fast and efficient and easy. And anybody of any race could make these arguments. You know, if, if you, if you ask them to acknowledge that cops routinely step all over the constitution and betray our constitution, um, outside, act outside of the bounds of law, they would oftentimes agree. You know, so what, yeah. what, what, what was largely unrecognized over and over and over and continues to be unrecognized is that a lot of these people are squarely on the side of what needs to be addressed. The issues that need to be addressed they're on the right side of those issues so uh derek i do understand um the point the point you're making um it's just that we're going to um wrap up soon so i i get the point that you're making that, you know uh, people people do people do overestimate how un unreachable uh these people are and you think that you know they are reachable and a lot of people are in good faith and you gave um your your examples and then i gave you know um the areas to which i agree and to the areas that I have some kind of um, qualifiers so i just want to invite you to just you know give a you know quick summation or any final points that you uh um uh had and then, then we can close it out with you oh okay sure um i i guess i would just say you know like we all have uh different approaches we all have different strengths um i'm good at 
being persuasive in one way, you are good at being persuasive in another way. Uh, maybe, maybe we're good at in the same way. I don't know, but everybody is an individual and so are all the people that need to be confronted. You know, we all have, you know, on the side of, on the side of trying to fix things for the better, we all have powerful arguments and approaches, uh, outside of the people that are, you know, more invested in their own ego than actually affecting change. So, um, you know, I, I'm recommending something that works for me and it consistently works for me. Um, but I would, I would recommend that if, if you see, a, like, if anyone sees a point in this, if, if they agree that me, another approach could be made, I, I would suggest immersing yourself in language that's helpful, um, outside of the language that's being used that often gets in the way. Okay. That's, yes. that, that's very fair. And I appreciate, uh, you're calling, you're calling in and um, joining us. Yeah. And, and, and everybody, have a great, have a great, great night, great, great week. We'll be back uh, a few times this week. I plan to do multiple episodes this week. But, um, yeah, everybody, be good. Follow the show. Follow myself. And create an account. If you didn't uh, create an account today and you listened anonymously on uh, the desktop, uh, please take a second to create an account. And next time when you log in, just log in, signed in, you know, don't want to nag about it, but it helps us so much. You have no idea. And it's doesn't take much for you guys to do. So we would really appreciate it. Um, love you guys. Everybody be good and talk soon. And also check out champion sharks, the, um, podcast. We're going to have a episode on it that's kind of related to this topic and we're going to have a follow-up on the episode here with the guests. You'll, you'll know the episode when you see it. I think it's a pretty good one. So take care, everybody. Good night.